from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just arrived here to do this episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow business during complete global chaos. Now let's get into today's episode. Storytelling. That's what we're chatting about. Who are we chatting about it with? None other than Mark Carpenter. Mark Carpenter is a serial storyteller. Telling stories in childhood, Mark leveraged his ability into a career in marketing, communications, and public relations, and later as a college professor and corporate facilitator. His storytelling became even more purposeful and effective, and researching and writing the best-selling book, Master Storytelling, How to Turn Your Experiences into Stories that Teach, Lead, and Aspire. Now, as a facilitator, consultant, and speaker, he teaches others what he learned in the process. So without further ado, let's bring Mark right on in here. Business strategy. Mark, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. All right, I love being chum. David, thank you for having me here. This is going to be a fun, a fun experience for both of us. Like the third or fourth person that has called themselves chum. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> anyways 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 yeah uh, it's such an honor to have you on i would say you know we we have a, we have a tradition on the show the very first question we ask every single person what's your background what's your experience what do you do for a living how'd you get there basically in a nutshell tell us what makes mark Mark. Well, how big of a nutshell do we have? That's that, that's the, the the big question going in. Some interviews, we never get past the first question. So put it that way. Well, try to keep it like walnut sized or something. To, so it's not so it's not too big. But in essence, who I am is I am somebody who is trying to bring humanity into leadership and and just recognizing that all business, sales, business leadership, it, it's about the human connection. And so that's that's really who I am about. And I think that comes from a background of having great experiences where I had leaders who were really good at that and I had leaders who were not as good at that. And myself being in leadership positions, sometimes looking at, okay, where, where were the points that I lost my humanity in that and didn't do a good job of leading like a person? And so that's one of my, my big emphasis right now is just how do we lead like people? But my background with, with storytelling, storytelling connects us as human beings. And this is something that I've loved all my life. I grew up with a reading teacher as a mom. So we always had books around. Uh, I was in marketing communications and public relations where we were always telling the story of the company. And I got into training and facilitation, which is all about how do you teach with story? That, that's, that was one of my big, big backgrounds. So that all kind of coalesces into how do we bring humanity into business? Yeah, that is great because I think some of the best guests I have had have been storytelling type of guests. They're the most entertaining by far. And it's not just about entertainment. It, it, that, that's how we connect as humans. That's how we make sense of the world. Storytelling is sense-making. And, and so this is how we decide who's in our tribe. This is how we understand concepts. Because it connects into our own memories and our backgrounds and our experiences. When you're telling me your story or I'm telling you mine, we can make that connection because of shared experiences that we've had as human beings. Understood. So let's, okay, you keep saying that story 
storytelling and human beings. So tell me, how does storytelling connect us as humans then? You know, there's there's some kind of ancient philosophy behind it, and there's some more modern research behind it. Uh, the ancient philosophy side is think about how we communicate. <laughs> I'm, not, not, I'm, not, I'm not going that far. <laughs> okay, okay. No ancient alien theory here. Okay, just make it. I'm not going to go ancient aliens. I'm just going to go ancient man. Uh, but, but think about, you know, ancient man. How did we first communicate? It, it wasn't through written word. <laughs> it definitely wasn't through email. It, it was how we talk to each other and how we explain the world to each other with through story. It wasn't like we put up a big warning sign. This, this has dangerous animals in this area. It was, I found out there were dangerous animals there. Maybe my brother died, but I got out alive. And so I want to tell you the story of that. So you don't get killed in the process. This is how we survived as a species. Even more recently, there's a lot of brain science around how storytelling connects us as human beings. Uh, there's some great research done by Uri Hassan at Princeton about uh, a storyteller and a listener being hooked up to functional MRI. And as they track which parts of their brains are lighting up, they found that the listener would closely track right behind what, where the storyteller's brain was lighting up. But as the story progressed and as they connected into it more, the listener started to anticipate. And so their brain started to get into sync. So think about this in business and particularly in sales. Don't you want people to be in sync with you? And storytelling is a way to really sync us up as human beings and get us kind of thinking along the, the same path. Right, right, right. So, you know, getting everybody along the same path I mean, that sounds like a pretty tough task to do, is it not? Yeah, and you, you think about culture and organizations. and Can you get everybody to do that? Because, I mean, it's hard enough to get more than 50% of the country to lean one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you do that? Well, and and so from a political standpoint, I think it's because we're focusing on the wrong things. The, that we're, If we focused on the bigger picture things, we'd probably be in better shape. But it, it, from a from a business standpoint, you think about what you try to do to get people on board. And, and it's usually about building culture. And, and companies who are building culture, they say, well, here's our mission, vision, values. They put all these words on the walls. But it's not the words on the walls that's going to connect people. It's the behaviors in the halls. And, and it's telling the story about what do these words actually mean? Now, I, to your point, I don't think that it is, it is possible to get everybody always on, on the same page. But then maybe those people don't belong in that organization. They belong in a different organization where it's going to align more with who they are. But if you aren't able to tell that story of what those words actually mean, what those behaviors actually look like, there's always going to be a disconnect for people in looking at a word like teamwork and, de and defining that on their own. Okay. So, you know, you, you just kind of really, I think, gave us a good example, examples, I should say, about how storytelling connects us as humans. What about, because you did mention earlier about leadership, okay? And humanity in leadership. One of the things you talk about is needing more humanity in leadership. What do you mean by that? Is it, I mean, let me just ask a quick yes or no question, and then I'll let you answer everything you want to say. But are you talking just like empathy and being like 
somebody real or is it more than that? Yes and no. So so I can I can answer it both both ways. It, it's, it's not it's not just about empathy. It's about treating people like people. And I think most of the time we're pretty good at this. But think of it this way: Who gets promoted into leadership positions? And, and, and I'm going to talk about first-time leaders. So, so let me let me just throw this back at you. We'll go back and forth on this. Let's say that a team needs a new leader. Who's the person they promote to be the leader of that team? Typically, who 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 gets promoted as as, as the as the leader of that team? The person I would say is usually, I mean, top performer. If you're working for me, it's going to be the top performer that I end up promoting to the leadership spot on my team. If you're not a top performer, now, 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 that's not 100% the case because sometimes I have someone that is not a top performer, but they are someone who's an excellent coach. And sometimes you need an excellent coach rather than a top performer. There you go. And so that's the focus on leading like people. If I've got somebody who can coach. But typically what I've seen in business is they say, this person's the top performer. I worked for 10 years in, in software develop, development, not myself in software development, but software development company. And I would see this all the time with software developers. They get the best software developers. They would promote them to lead the team. But what they didn't give them was any people skills to lead that team. They didn't give them any training on coaching, on developing people. And so how do they treat their people? They treat their people like software code. <laughs> and that's not your best leadership. All zero and ones. Yeah. And so I refer to that as leading like a position rather than a person. That we get people into these first-time leader positions who are great performance in software development or sales or whatever it is you, you, you happen to, to be in. And we plop them in that position and we teach them how to run their budgeting program and how to attend these meetings and create agendas. And we teach them all this process stuff that's about their position, but we don't give them the tools and the skills to treat people like people, to do coaching, to, to have some empathy with people's problems, to really talk, have the tough conversations that they need to have. You know, I'm going through a tough time right now. And a couple employees started to notice like, hey, David, you're not your normal self. I mean, even my podcast, like I look pretty close to the same, I think, to most people. But people that really know me would be like, OK, he's off a little bit. Like he's not like I'm usually over the top, like super over the top. And right now I'm just over the top. And and, you know, some of my employees started noticing. Then uh, I told my boss what was going on. It's a personal issue. And, uh, you know, it's very very understanding and he's like number one family number two uh uh net new name sales and gave me time gave me space he's like do the minimal about the calls that you have to do and then go out be with your family during the remainder of the time and i found that to be very empathetic because even though i'm a vp and i was a gm which for that company structure was pretty much like the ceo of that region, um, you know, with all of that going on, it pretty much, uh, you know, that's the first time that I really found someone empathetic like that, like, okay, you got this going on, that's actually pretty serious. And if you don't get it in check, it could ruin your professional career as well as your personal life. 
So we're going to give you time so that you can get things fixed. I think that was an amazing thing that my boss did. And I love that example. And so think about it this way. What if you didn't have to go to your boss and say, hey, I'm having these problems? What if your boss had noticed? You mentioned some coworkers noticed or some of your team members noticed. But what if your boss had come to you and said, hey, David, I, I noticed there's something a, a little off with you. He's been gone for about two months. Yeah, okay. So, you, so, so you're, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not cr trying to criticize him, but but I'm saying, what if as a leader, he would have noticed if he was around. Yeah. And what if we teach people to notice those things? Because we don't teach people always to notice those things. But if if we teach people to notice those things and not say like old school bosses would, like, hey, I notice your energy is low. You got to suck it up. You got to do your job. But to say, hey, I notice something's off what's going on and how can I help you? Because they're going to get more out of you that way than saying, Hey, suck it up. Because that that's not leading like a person that's leading like a, like a position, but you've probably known bosses who do that, who don't notice those things or say, Hey, that's a personal matter. You, you leave your personal stuff, personal do business stuff. And you're still responsible for hitting your goals. I would say the big thing is with me is that, I, well, we didn't hit our goals. It was a terrible quarter two for SAP, but that's a, I think that's an SAP problem, not a Sator or David problem. That is something bigger that's going on with the economy and the market that I cannot control. Um, and we realize that, but we're trying to do the best we can to, you know, survive and do better in this economy, in this market. But um, even with that, I mean, I still closed deals. I still brought in business. It just wasn't the exact business we thought we would have at this moment. So it's not like I went off a cliff. You know, I'm still like yesterday. I was just out speaking in New York City, and I'm still going through the midst of all this drama, I guess you can call it. You know, I haven't missed a step as far as work goes, just that people that know me often and speak to me all the time every day 24 7 they kind of are like hey david you know you're off and my boss would have eventually caught it but he just got back after like two months so 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 let me give you the the compare and contrast a, a leader who's leading like a position will look at those things and say hey you're not hitting your numbers you got to suck this up a leader that's leading like a person is going to say Hey, I noticed the numbers are down. Give me your perspective on why that is. And then you can share some of those things about here's some of the things I see within the economy. And here's some things that are personally going on with me or maybe members of my team. And now we can solve some of those things. And that's the difference between leading like a position and leading like a person. And who are you going to get the best from or, or which of those leaders is going to get the best out of their team? It's going to be the one that leads like a person. You, you even brought it up there kind of kind of subtly that some of the problems with leading like a position is that you end up with lower morale, higher turnover, and you don't get the results that you want. Or you get the results you want maybe short-term, but not long-term. And I'm not saying that we discount goals or we discount holding people accountable, but there's a right way to do it that connects us as people and that's going to lead us to better results in the end one of the things i always talk about this on this show is keeping one eye on the future and one eye on the present because the decisions that you make today yes you may need to make a short-term decision but it is going to affect the re 
results of tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, that, that ties back to leading like a person. How you treat people now is going to impact what the performance of those people looks like down the road. It, it also sets the precedence or sets the tone for what leaders are like. I, I remember a company that I was in, the, the CEO was very much a, by the numbers, we're driving the numbers. There wasn't a lot of humanity. Now, there were times where he de de demonstrated some humanity, but most of the time it was very much, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on these numbers. So think about what that does to the leaders underneath him and how they lead. And it, it may not have as, as big of an effect on his, on his executive team that he treats like that, but his executive team treats the next level managers like that and the next level managers teach their first level managers like that. It sends that message down and that's where you start losing the hearts and minds of the people who are actually doing the day-to-day -day work to hit the numbers in the first place. So let's, um, you know, I think we've hit that topic pretty well. I gave you some personal um, insights, stuff like that. And I love using myself as an example for everybody out there, because I think if I do, it allows them to understand it at a deeper level because it allows them to relate more instead of a hypothetical situation. And so right there, you just hit the impact of storytelling. It, it, it is, it's that relatability factor that we can relate to it better. Yep. Yeah, that's perfect. So with everything you just told us, Mark, I think we hit that, you know, story, that question really down as best as we could. Why do we as humans underutilize storytelling and how do we get past the fears from using this skill? So there's a couple of things I think that are in there. Number one, I think as leaders, and I even remember this myself as a first time leader, I would think, no, I need to be a serious business leader. Storytelling seems too light. It seems fluffy. But, mm -hmm. but the thing that I'm talking about with storytelling is not light and fluffy. It's actually serious business. And so I think that's part of the barrier that we think of it too much as, oh, but that's just light. I need to stand up and give facts and figures and numbers and data and, and push on those. That's how I be a serious leader. But if you're a serious leader, you want things to make sense to people. And storytelling is the way that you help make sense for people. And so it actually is a stronger business skill. And there's some bunch of research behind that about how storytelling actually makes your message more credible and more memorable. And so that is a serious business skill. I think the second thing that gets in the way is people say, well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Can I jump in real quick before you get to your second line? Yeah, please. So yesterday when I was out speaking um, and it, it was a great event, you know, there was uh, 50 people in the room, probably about 50, 60 people remote. And what I did was I use examples of how we help customers so they weren't like on my show i usually use personal stories you know me as an example my company example things that we're going through um you know nothing that would get me in trouble obviously but i usually use those types of things and it's good or great because then i get advice on those things whether i did things right or wrong from some of the smartest brains on this planet Okay, so when I went out speaking and I was storytelling, telling about how we help clients, you know, optimize their systems and stuff like that, is that something that, uh, you know, you would say is the right proper use of storytelling then? Exactly, because what you're doing is you're saying, 
here's features and benefits, but here's the, here's the outcome of those features and benefits. And we tend, particularly in sales, to get a little too focused on features, benefits, prices, those kind of things. And I'm not, again, dis, I'm not discounting those. It's important that we share that information. But what people really want to know is, well, what does that mean to me? What, what, is, what does my future look like with this? And by telling the stories of your clients and how they've overcome problems or achieved greater success, it helps people see, oh, I want that thing too. I want that outcome that's there in that simple little story that you can tell about what it looks like to be successful. No, that's great. That's great. So what was the second point you were going to have before I interrupted you? Yeah, the second point is one that you don't have to deal with because you're a storyteller. You, 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 you described that to me. You, you've illustrated that. And you, and you demonstrate that, that as a podcast host. But there are people who that is not a natural skill for them. And they think, ah, that's not me. It's too complicated. It's too hard to figure out. That's how I felt originally before I started the podcast. There you go. And it's a skill like any other skill. People will discount it as, well, you're either a natural storyteller or you're not. But it's a skill that you can develop. And one of the things that we teach in master storytelling is how to do that very simply. They say the same thing about sales. Either you're a natural born sales rep or you're not. You either got it or you don't. It can't be coached or or some people are. It can be coached. So I, I definitely get where you're coming from as far as the storytelling aspect goes. Yeah. Well, I, I often relate it this way. Um, think about the first podcast you hosted. Were you a great podcast host? Nope, nope, nope. I would say that I'm a million times better today than I was in episode two. Episode two was my first interview. Episode one was me launching the show, saying what I'm going to do. It's a 15-minute video. And then episode two was the actual first interview. And if you look at that compared to just trying to figure out the technology portion, how do we make this look good, stuff like that, we look at that compared to where we are today, it's night and day. Yeah. And so it's like any other skill. You have to do it. You get advice. You get feedback. You get coaching. You work on it. You develop it. And then it becomes more natural for you as a skill. It's not you're changing your personality. It's just you're building a skill just like any other skill, like sales, like leadership, like public speaking. Any of those things are skills Storytelling fits in the skills category as well. Awesome, awesome. So, hey, Mark, thank you so much for your time. You, you've been incredible. I think you gave us a lot of information and strategies to kind of use for storytelling and why it is important for you as an individual or as a leader. And, you know, really, please tell us about your book. Tell me about how I'm going to get a free signed copy of the book and tell us how our viewers and listeners can reach out to you. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go.
does it really help like sales rep type people with the storytelling and learning how to tell the story? Cause I think that's important. Like, cause I view that I view storytelling kind of as framing, like framing the discussion of how you're going to answer a prospect potential customer and to me, that is storytelling in a way. Yeah, and and even how you uh, frame objections, responses to objections. Uh, storytelling is a great way to do that. If we have time, just a quick little story around that. I was working with sales team a couple of years ago, and uh, there were a couple of people that were a little skeptical about this whole storytelling thing. And then I got an email from one of the, the sales associates a couple of weeks later who said, I've got a client that I have been trying to move forward on this thing. They've been really light in terms of what they've done with us. I've been trying to build the business with them. They've been putting me off and putting me off and putting me off. And the last time I got on the phone with them, they were putting me off again. And I said, well, let me tell you about an, an, a, a client that's kind of like you that had this experience with our product. They told the story. And this client then said, you know, write up a proposal for that next level. And they started moving forward. And, and so does it help in sales? There's an example of, of how it does. It, again, it connects people. People buy from people that they know, trust, and like. And storytelling builds that no trust and like factor like nothing else can. That, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, there's nothing you said there that I cannot disagree with. Uh, everything sounds amazing. And please check out the master-storytelling.com slash podcast. Podcast gift. Podcast gift. Okay, podcast gift. We'll have the link down below in the description. Mark, thank you so much for coming on to the show, sharing your knowledge. You're amazing, my friend. Well, thank you. I just, I'm honored that you'd welcome me in and, and bring me into your community and let me talk to your audience for a little bit. Oh, so no thanks problem. for a great time this morning. No problem at all. Thank you again and uh, take care. Have a good one. Cheers. Thanks, David. Wow, that was an incredible chat with Mark, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. And if you really want to help us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share us out to your friends, colleagues, families, wherever you dwell in the interwebs. I'd love to see nothing more than Mark Carpenter and Shark Bite Biz out there trending. Now let's get back to the rock star of the show, Mr. Mark Carpenter. Storytelling is critical today. Whether it's your personal brand story or it's your company's brand story because people love stories and it is also an amazing way to differentiate yourself from the competition but as we were discussing with mark you have to be able to frame it the right way to portray it the right way and to say it the right way mostly it comes down to communicating it the right way anyways awesome stuff mark Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your expertise, and please check out his site. The link will be down in the description. Question of the day, storytelling, overrated or just right? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Do you want to be in the show? Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, join the channel, $3 a month. You can become a baby shark. You all know this by now, but I'll say it once again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. You just experienced Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. Please like, 
comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Reach out for more info. Thanks for listening and see you next time.